Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 14th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by PTA's number one essay writer, Liam. Hello. Hi. I thought about that at lunch. I was really proud of it. And mm-hmm. uh, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Uh, my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciated Jaden. Today's a good day for that. Is it? Oh, yeah. Fair no, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yep. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single week. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Every single Monday, the show posts 8 p.m. Australian Standard Eastern Standard Time. I get, yeah, that's what we call it, not daylight saving these days. Please subscribe on all those things. If you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating. Submit your comments, questions, reviews, whatever, into the YouTube comments section as always. We'll read them at the end of the show. This week's specific question prompt for you all to do for homework will be opinion and that is of course what is your opinion on watching films on mobile devices on phones you know i can see i mean i, I think i know where we'll all fall on this but <laughs> i can see you know there's the convenience arguments and um portability and if you're busy and running around doing other things but i mean also affects the experience just a little bit so let us know where you stand on that highly debated issue in the comment section. This week we're tackling The Last Samurai, a movie none of us had ever seen. Is that right? I think so, yeah? Mm, yeah. Cool, cool. Let's do the data dump. The Last Samurai opened in the US on the 5th of December 2003. It was directed by, do you say his name, Edwards? Is it just Zwick? Zwick. 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 Zwick, okay. Kind of a weird name. Okay, cool. Uh, it was written by John Logan, Edwards Zwick, and Marshall. Herskowitz, Herskowitz, yeah, cool. Uh, the film was composed by a young up-and-coming man named, I think his name's Hans, Hans Zimmer. It was the 100th score he composed, though, so I mean, like, you know. It, w- was this actually the 100th? That's crazy. Oh, wow. That's nuts. I mean, like, I just had a, when I saw that, I had a look, in, like, 214's, like, movie history, he's written the score for in total. I mean, that's nuts. That is nuts, dude. Can you imagine, like, having to sit down and think of original shit after you've done 200? I can't even. I'd be so creatively run dry at that point. I mean, you run dry just, like, doing this, so. (laughs) I definitely, I definitely do. Oh, God. The film stars Tom Cruise, Ken Watanabe, uh, Hiroki Sonata, and Billy Connolly, which is a weird surprise. That was kind of a random assortment of actors I just chose from the film. They're not even some of those aren't even really main characters, but IMDb sorted the uh, the cast list weird, so I just kind of picked some out that I recognised. The film's budget was one hundred forty million dollars, had a box office worldwide of four hundred and fifty five million dollars. It's a, uh, it's like a war drama, I guess, a war action film is its genre. It's probably the best way to put it. It has a runtime of two hours and thirty four minutes. And the synopsis is, an American military advisor embraces the samurai culture he is hired to destroy, sorry, he was hired to destroy, after he is captured in battle. Guys, how do we feel about The Last Samurai? Um, yeah, Jaden, I'll start with you. How did you feel? Um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I really didn't want to watch it. I mean, because like, going in, it just seemed like a, I mean, boring two and a half hour you know, action, epic, semi-epic, I don't know. Um, sure. And, like, having seen Zwick's films in the past, I, I wasn't really 
I mean, they're fine, but I wasn't overly keen on watching another one, especially of this length, but I actually really liked what I saw. Cool. Yeah, I, I get that reservation. I was also kind of thinking, is this just going to be like a, I don't know, like like a Braveheart thing, you know, or like a Gladiator thing? But yeah. How about you, Fitzy? Well, I feel like what Jane was describing, like what he was afraid of was what it was for me. Like for me, it was just extremely boring and yeah i don't know it, i mean it was well made i mean it wasn't like terrible in the way like you know the bowling effects from the matrix reload scenes were but it's like you know at the same time i just was not it did not engage me at all so yeah okay i'm kind of the opposite of you where i actually have problems with the way it's made um but i like everything about the story um i, I did really like the movie um, uh, I like, I like the story. Like I said, I just, I mean, really Tom Cruise is the center of this movie, you know, all the other characters just kind of support his arc in the movie and that's cool. And I re- I like Tom Cruise in this movie. He's obviously really good. I love his character arc. Um, and I love the kind of the way this film explores samurai culture and just the, the kind of, I guess, uh, meeting of cultures in general and, you know, the whole well-worn, of course, themes of civilization taking over these um, more traditional cultures and the morality of doing so. But, yeah, no, I really like the movie. It's a long movie, but I thought it was paced well overall. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good place. Where's a good place to start? Well, did you like Tom Cruise's Wait, his character's Nathan, right? Nathan? Did you like him, Fitzy? That character? I mean, Cruz himself was fine, but I feel like the role lent itself a bit to overacting just because it's such a, like, a... I don't know, like, at the start you see him or, like, post-traumatic and stuff, and it's like... I don't know, it's kind of just... It was kind of too much, but at the same time, it, I don't know. It was just that that was the character. So Tom Cruise himself I didn't have a problem with, but the character was just fine, I guess. Was it just a bit on the nose with everything, you know, early in the movie with him? Oh, we get it, he's traumatized kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. It was like, it just felt like the same shit for the first, like, third of the movie with, like, him being traumatized and, like, a shell of a person and stuff, like. Sure. You know, that kind of lends itself to a kind of very dramatic type of acting, but like Tom Cruise just still pulls it off. It's just like I'm not, not fond of the character or the type of acting that is there, so that is required. But yeah. 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 I, I don't I, I like that kind of character growth and, and him at the start being the way he is. But I do think there is, and I kind of put this down personally to an editing issue in the movie where um, it's super obvious what's going on with Tom Cruise. You know, he's obviously, we get, he's a Civil War veteran. He did this terrible shit to the Indians. Great. You know, he's clearly upset by this. Fair enough. Native and Americans. Yeah. Is, that, is that, did I, what, is, did I say something, did I say something? Uh, what do you call it? Politically incorrect? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure Indians is kind of like a. I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I I think it's safe to just go with Native Americans. 
Now that, now that you say that, I think you're probably right. My apologies. if I, I did not mean any offence by it. I was just, you know, semantics. My apologies. Um, Native Americans, yeah. So, yeah, it was a thing where it's super obvious, and I feel like the movie insisted on reminding me about 10 times after I'd, yeah, okay, mate, I get it, you know. Yeah. Um, constant flashbacks. But I, I do put that down to an editing issue, and I do think this movie has editing problems and... um. Yeah, and and visual issues as well, uh, kind of in that way. In that way, but um, with um, but nonetheless, though, it, that, the character didn't bother me exactly. Yeah, in terms of like um editing and visual issues, um, when like the, the film started with that with um Ken Watanabe's like vision of the tiger, and like it was through like you know fourteen filters and it was all like you know janky as, <laughs> like when I saw that, I was like, oh god, no, um. But you know, it, it it um it improved upon itself a lot. But then, like they still used well, the, like similar effects for like yeah, yeah, the they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was definitely going to bring this up at some point. You did it, so yeah, may as well. Like, what what's the deal with the white tiger? Is there symbolism I'm missing? Well, it's just that that was what it was in his vision, and then you know, Tom Cruise is the white tiger with the flag and shit. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if there's meant to be any more symbolism uh... than that. You know. Cause like I, that, I didn't think of that. No? Okay. Yeah, because like the flag he was holding had a white tiger on it, and that's why Ken's like, stop. Got it. Got it. Okay. That, uh, yeah. Uh, strangely, because I, I took note of the white tiger straight away. I'm like, okay, this is something. And then I noticed Tom Cruise hol- holding the flag, but then I didn't even put two and two together. It's meant to be that simple. Like, it's just Tom Cruise is the white tiger. Okay, cool. Even in like the way, like the, <laughs> in like the vision, like the tiger's like, you know, def- defensively like flailing around. I mean, like the way, you know, Tom Cruise gets surrounded, and, you know, he's kind of like just lunge in and then comes back and shit, you know. Pretty much like a shot-for-shot remake, mate. Oh, that's so obvious now you say it. It's so deep. Goddamn. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of... That's kind of just meaningless to me, like... I mean, what does it really say or do? Apart from mirror, like, Tom Cruise, like... You know what I mean? Because Ken foresaw that he needed to help the White Tiger, you know? He saw the White Tiger was important to his culture. And then Tom Cruise comes along. And he is the White Tiger, so he's like, oh, I need to take him in, you know. And he does, Ken Watanabe does say about, you know, he's keeping him here, but he doesn't know exactly why, but he's got this feeling. Yeah, no, that, that works, that works. Right. But, like, what's the payoff to that? I mean, There's no payoff, that's, that's it. Okay. I mean, it just feels a bit empty to me. But, like, he sees his White Tiger and then Tom Cruise is a White Tiger, right? Well, Tom oh, Cruise does help him. I mean, you know, Cruise recognizes that he sees the ninjas and he's like, yo, look out. And, you know, he's he's a big part of the final battle in the plan. So, I mean, like, he did do a fair bit for Ken. I mean, there is a bit of a payoff in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was essential. Yeah. I, I, I think I get what you mean, Fitzy. You just kind of wish there was more um, depth to it in that way and, you know, that it kind of more thought put, went into it. But nonetheless, I think it served its purpose for me fine. I yeah. got it. Oh, I mean, I didn't get it, rather. But, <laughs> but when you say this, I'm like, okay, I didn't need more from that. I think um, if it was if it was to put more depth into it, it would fall too much into like a white savior type of thing. Whereas I think where it is at the moment, it's safe in that it's just mm-hmm. it, you know it's just an American coming over, and you know he gets involved in it, and like you know he does his best to help them, but he's not a savior for them, you know. And had it been any deeper, it yeah, might have fall, it might have fallen into that, you know. Yeah, look, I mean, really, the the culture saves him, really. Mm. That's kind of the story, I think. You know, so that's cool. That, that that's that's just like that's just a, that's just a narrative I like. You know, yeah. 
that this broken dude goes here and he's like hanging out with his samurai and they're all they're all cool as and he's like yo this is this is sick here and then you know he's able to kind of get over his trauma i, I think it's cool yeah i didn't really get much from like what he learned or whatever i mean what, what did you guys get from that in terms of like the values he learned and stuff mm, don't know if i could pinpoint any values but i think he definitely just it, it's i just kind of saw it as a lot of personal growth you know he realized that he he kind of had agency in his own situation he he chose to save these people and he chose to help defend them and become a part of them and live with them etc um as opposed to you know what bothers him i think so much about what he'd done in the past was obviously you know the the violent nature of what he did but the fact that he just kind of blindly took the orders and you know is just another soldier in this army but he kind of you know, like I said, has this agency, becomes his own person and, and does something that he, he's proud of himself, you know, and he doesn't have to live in shame of or fear of. Right. But I think the film's, like, mainly about, like, understanding this other culture. And I'm just trying to get at, like, what did you guys get from what he started to understand about the samurai culture? Well, the, the samurai culture is, like, one that's very plain and, like, you know, bare bones or whatever. I mean, like, you see them reflected in, like, you know, their living style of just, you know, their houses are unfurnished. It's just wood, you know, some panel doors. And, like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's kind of, um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, actually. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like that, you know, you don't need a lot to be, to live a righteous life or whatever. I don't know, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, like, minimalist, yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely, and he says about how much he he you know comes to respect their life of dedication and uh, how they spend their days uh, perfecting their crafts and um, that kind of uh, what would you call it that kind of or dedication I guess but um, I don't know commitment I guess that kind of lifestyle just is something that he hadn't experienced and clearly resonates with him in some way, which is cool. And I feel like the the film does depict that really well. You know, we see all the the, the the cool I love when they're like riding their horses and doing like the the bow and arrow drills and things like that and they they just it's just such an idealistic kind of a kind of lifestyle not that I'd ever want to bloody live in the mountains you know but did we answer your question adequately Fitzy I don't know yeah oh I don't know I can see him I can see that stuff um but like there's a scene in the movie where um the the monk well, the samurai leader character uh he talks about like the oneness and everything and like these kind of Buddhist ideas. Um, like the life and death are something about that. I can't. Do you guys remember that scene? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, that's just the. Isn't, isn't, isn't that like what Japan's like main religion is? Like, you know, the Shinto Buddhism, whatever it is. So isn't like, wouldn't that be entwined with like samurai culture pretty tightly? Like, that's just. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, but I'm saying, like, what did you guys did you guys get anything from that? Oh, like, right. I mean, anything that's part of that's part of their culture is therefore important to. I mean, everything a part of their culture is important to the story, you know. So I guess it's just another glimpse at us finding out about their culture. I don't really know if it's meant to be more than that. So you, you guys didn't get that much from like, like it's kind of the Buddhist angle. Not no, really. Other, I mean, are you suggesting like, that you think the film's trying to say something? No, I'm just saying, like, like in in my eyes, at least, there's like, there's more to understand about this kind of way of life, and like, 
I don't know how everything is like intertwined and like you know the community is like one and the community are like the same and stuff. I was wondering if you guys like just got anything from that or oh, I don't know. Did you get something from that? That sounds interesting. Well, no, I'm just trying to understand like I guess what you guys got from it that I didn't. So that was one of the things I thought maybe you guys got something from, but obviously not. No, I think oh, it was yeah. just kind of there to. I don't know if that would, yeah. Yeah, like aid Tom Cruise. Um, to aid Tom Cruise's like development and regrowth and whatever. I don't, I don't think right. the audience would yeah. really Absolutely. take too much away from it. I do like in the film the emphasis placed on obviously another key part of um samurai culture is um uh their obsession with death and how one dies and dying with honor and having honor and all those all those really interesting things and um. I think that has an awesome payoff in the last scene, but, um, you know, Katsumoto's insists on, you know, everyone in the movie wants to die with a sword in the hand and all this shit. Um, and I get the, the payoff I'm talking about is, is that when Tom, what's the line Tom Cruise says that, you know, I will tell you how he lived uh, instead of everyone in the emperor included at the end of the film wants to know how he died. Did he die with honor and all this shit? And I think that, that's another kind of layer, I think, to the movie that I kind of saw as not necessarily a criticism of samurai culture because I think this movie certainly is <laughs> like the opposite of criticizing it, but it, it kind of adds a a level to it where, you know, maybe we shouldn't or they – yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would word it other than a – it's not a criticism, I don't think, but I don't know what the other word would be, but where in some way it, it doesn't – encourage that the way in which that they did look at death you know it doesn't it, it's not suggesting that i'm oh, no, sorry sorry I, i'm wording this terribly it, it, it kind of tom cruise being from that foreign perspective is able to kind of in some way teach the japanese a lesson about that i think that you know you guys come over here and obsess about death but i'm going to tell you how he lived and that is i think a positive thing that he gives them as well is is it an is it an obsession with death? I don't think it. Is. I mean, well, I don't know. Sorry, an obsession with death. I just meant like their emphasis on dying gracefully and dying with honor, and uh, you know, the we very early in the movie that dude, um, uh, who was on the other side, kills himself. You know, and Katsumoto helps him, and Katsumoto talks about how you know he was, I was happy to give him an honorable death and all that kind of thing. Do you, I mean, do you guys feel like the movie does? I feel like it's an often explored topic. Yeah, I don't know. It has a good payoff at the end, I guess. Um, so, I mean, it seems like this movie just kind of lacked a lot for you, Fitzy. It doesn't. But what was there that was there stuff there that you particularly liked or particularly disliked? You know, other than just what wasn't. You know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the movie had a lot of. Um, unfulfilled potential I guess um like the whole like Tom Cruise's kind of arc or whatever you want to call it um like I feel like if at the start talking about the Native Americans um you know like he was a part of his a part of his army or whatever and including himself they were all told to invade these innocents by this other you know this other uh, American guy that we're constantly told is a dick, you know, his um his friend that uh goes to Japan with him, and I feel like 
you know, Tom Cruise is already coming from a place of morality and goodness, you know, from the start. So it's like, it's kind of like, it doesn't mean as much to me. Like if he, if Tom Cruise was like ignorant himself at the start and then kind of changed his ways and became more understanding, then it would be different. It would kind of be, maybe I would get what you guys are getting, but for me, it was kind of like, because like he still accepted the money to to you know to kill them to 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 train them, I mean there still was a change. Yeah, yeah, right. The transformation wasn't in the way that you're saying it is for you, or that you wish it was. Yeah, you, but in none, it, yeah, it came about in in more in the way in which he chooses to go go about how he feels. You know, not how he feels itself. Right. Yeah. No. He is. He does have change and arc and an arc in that way. But just I felt like. For me, it would have been better if maybe he, you know, he would have been kind of like too involved in that Western way, and then he kind of, I don't know, came to some understanding and like changed his ways and all. But yeah, I don't know. See, um, what you're describing sounds way less interesting to me. Seeing someone who doesn't understand you know, other cultures or is, um, yeah, yeah, doesn't feel sorry for what he's done and then becomes, realises, oh, shit, I actually have done terrible things. And, like, that doesn't sound nearly as interesting as a person who is broken by those things but then is able to, through his choices, kind of uh, be, be self-fulfilled, you know, and to feel happy with himself and, and content with himself. That just sounds, I don't know, I kind of prefer what we got in that way. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's easier to root for him as well from his current, you know, like his current mindset. If if it was the way you're describing, you wanted you wanted him to be that complete ignorance and you know that full on patriotic American way, it'd be a lot harder to support yeah. the character in his transformation. Because like when he set him up to be like that, like I, in in my eyes at least, it'd be very hard to turn that around. Yeah, I agree. It also feels less personal of a you know of a connection to that character, like you say exactly. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. The the movie just feels very generic as a whole to me. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I guess you in many ways different. it kind of is. I mean. Oh, definitely. In a, in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I I think I think the ending makes it stand out personally. Um. Sure, this person getting taken to a foreign land and living with them and becoming and adapting to them and and respecting them. Sure, I get that. You know, certainly, uh, certainly not too original. But regardless, I, I personally, I mean, don't have an issue at all with stories that, um, that aren't original. I, I'm totally fine with, um, with the films and 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 stories that have been done before in a lot of different ways, as long as. It gives me something, um, something a little new to bite on in at least some respect, and engage and is engaging anyway. And for me, the end of the movie does that one hundred percent. Where you know, Tom Cruise and, and the samurai put up a hell of a fight, and that's really cool. I really like the final battle, but how at the end of the day, the new civilization in Japan, this uh, new army, just completely gunned them all down. That that was an that was an awesome moment. I did not see it coming, um, and uh, all the other soldiers, you know, being really upset by this and bowing in respect as well. I mean, that gave me something that I didn't think was generic. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So maybe something like that has been, has been done in 
before, I don't know, but just seeing the the very physical and very raw uh, representation of this brand new era of civilization just overpowering this culture that we've come to respect throughout the movie, um, I thought it was really effective. Yeah, I think um, just with that about like how they the enemy, like how they bow to him, I mean, that just comes with like, their old culture, you know, the, the the way they approach war and the the respect they have for it. So I think that's why it, that's why it introduces the new element because it's it, you know you're not in you're not looking at you know England and French wars or you're not looking at you know anything else like that because like that's kind of all just you know blood and glory. Whereas in the samurai culture, at least the way that it's depicted in this film, there's a lot of respect involved in it. Um. Some people say it's contrary yeah. to like how it was in real life, but I mean, you know, the movie wants to idolize it, oh, it let be. it. Yeah, I think it's a cool way of, despite uh, the film very much depicting that uh, th- this new era is inevitable, but nonetheless, through through that moment, still acknowledges um, the 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 positives or the other aspects of that respectful element of the past culture. You know, it, it doesn't just try and. It doesn't just absolutely demolish it or, or wipe it off the face of the earth, but that that part of it does still kind of live on in those new soldiers as well. I mean, they they, they carried that the traditions through like a long time, though. I mean, like up to, up to World War Two, you know, the whole you know suicide and defeat thing. I mean, like that, like a lot of those values persisted. I'm not sure if they're still going on today, but like it's like those, those like ideals and those. This is like the system that it was built upon. I mean, like there was still remnants of it in like the modern era of you know Japan's army. God, that's interesting. I, I just find that whole culture so fascinating. Maybe that's another aspect I just enjoyed about the movie. I, I think the culture is really interesting. Um, you know, it's certainly something. I think I think most people are pretty well aware of samurai culture and what it's like. It wasn't like I was ignorant to it, but nonetheless, seeing it in this way and the way it was depicted, quite. Um, extravagantly i thought was still really entertaining um here's some trivia for you this one this one's a bit scary tom cruise narrowly escaped potentially fatal injuries after a sword was swung within one inch of his neck while filming he and his co-star uh hiroki sanada who's the um oh he's in a bunch of things he was in westworld of course a few weeks ago for us but he's the uh in this movie he's i don't know he's like the right hand guy of katsumoto i guess he's the other main samurai character um the one that's kind of Tom Cruise's rival in the movie. Um, they were acting out a sword fight scene when the incident happened. Sonata swung a sword at Cruise, who was on an off-camera mechanical horse at the time, but the horse reportedly, oh, excuse me, but the machine reportedly malfunctioned and failed to duck at the right moment. Sonata stopped the blade just one inch from his neck. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad Tom Cruise is still alive. <laughs> That's a plus. Contrary to a popular misconception, the title of the film does not refer to Captain Nathan Algren, nor Katsumoto as the last samurai, but the word samurai here in its plural form and is actually referring to Katsumoto's entire clan. Before watching the movie, I figured, oh, I guess Tom Cruise is the last samurai, but as it was going, I had this thought myself. I'm like, actually, I don't know about that. Halfway through, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's the case, and there you go. That's the, that is true. Um, uh, yeah, should I? Yeah, I'll save the other trivia bits. I don't know. Why not? Um. But I will talk about some of my issues with the movie, and it sounds like you were kind of with me on some of them, Jaden. But specifically, just the flashbacks didn't look very good at all. Um, the slow mo was awful. Uh, Ten frames per second shit. That does, 
yeah, it always takes me out of movies, man. It's kind of a, it can work at times. Um, I think when it's very deliberately chosen, but not when it's just done um, at a necessity, you know, and it's a situation where if you're not, if you're not shooting a scene and you know, when you're shooting it, that it's going to be in slow-mo and you can shoot it specifically for slow-mo, obviously that's fine. But when you slow it down in the edit and you get 10 frames as a result, it really doesn't work. And there was a ton of that in this movie that bothered me. You're not wrong about the ridiculous amount of blue filters. That was, uh, I mean, that didn't bother me as much, but um, oh, I get what you mean, 100%, when you brought that up earlier, Jaden. But, uh, yeah, a bunch of other things, like um, the the one scene where I think it's just prior to um, they go and rescue, or I guess fail to rescue. Oh, no, sorry, they rescue Katsumoto, but then his son is killed in the process. Just prior to that, when Tom Cruise has a bit of a sword fight, there's some really poor editing there where... Um, the film fails to stick to a visual language that's consistent in any way. There's shots that um, obviously a lot of quick cutting, which is, you know, obviously fine and in this case. and But there's shots with really bad frame dropping slow-mo and then other shots with good slow-mo and back to regular pace shots. And that kind of shit does really bother me in movies where I really like when you're able to stick to a clear visual language of, okay, these flashbacks have got choppy slow-mo and i think it looks bad but at least if they stuck to that okay that's the visual language they're going for all flashbacks have this weird slow-mo okay but then we get the weird slow-mo only once in this one battle and if it pops up again anywhere else except the flashbacks and then but then we get good slow-mo in there too like literally intercutting between the two 10 frames and normal you know 24 frames and and so on and I know that kind of shit does stick out to me hundred percent. Not to mention, I thought some of the gene- uh, the action was kind of generic, especially a lot of the bow and arrow stuff. Just dudes just dropping like flies, and wasn't all that creative, I guess. Um, well, I just ran in a lot about the visuals there. <laughs> does that resonate with any of you guys? Any of that? Yeah, um, I think I agree with it, but like, it, it affected me to a lesser extent. I'd say, like, it it annoyed me, like especially like, sure. the, like the um the crappy slow mo. But um, I don't think it. Yeah. It never took me out to the extent it seemed like it affected you. Yeah. Was I the only one who was thinking, what the hell does this armor do in the movies, though? In this movie, rather? Because, I mean, these guys were just dropping like flies with their full armor on. Uh, Like, they were getting shot at with bullets. Of course they're going to, you know, their their armor wasn't made to withstand that. Oh, is that true? I mean, dude, I'm no armor expert. So would bullets actually penetrate that armor? Because just from my perspective, that armor looked pretty tight. No, okay. no, like that. All that stuff is, I mean, like it's like the 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 whole concept of like the modernization of Japan against like the and like you know how it like wiped out the the traditional stuff, like that's all based in like you know like real shit. Like you know, obviously it was changed up for the movies, like in just like modern stuff. So like when like um mm-hmm. so when like modern technology was introduced to Japan, like you know specifically modern weaponry and guns and stuff like that. They did, you know, they, they they did mow down the samurai. Okay, okay. No, that's cool then. That's cool because it, it did like it took me out of the movie a little bit just because I didn't know that. But that's totally fine then. I had no idea about that. Um, but I will say, yeah. N- nonetheless, though, I mentioned the bow, some of the bow and arrow combat, but I don't know. Some of that was kind of just guy fires arrow cuts to a guy being hit. Guy fires arrow cuts to a guy being hit. But like like a ton in a row where it was like, okay, this is kind of boring. I think it, when I'm talking about specifically the bridge scene, um, right when Katsumoto's son dies and there's a few other moments like it, that kind of shit does stick out a little bit um, as being not too creative, but 
I mean, I'm the only one who nit- nitpicks. I think the, the action set pieces this much, so I apologise. <laughs> did you uh, did you like the action overall, Jane? Though, because I did. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, because like, when, like even like in the sword play, it's a different fighting style to like what you'll often see in like you know just the you know your, your European type ones. And I think it, it, even that's reflected kind of in like Tom Cruise's transformation to like at the start when he holds the sword, he holds it in an American way. But then he learns, you know, how to fight differently, and is this, you know, is this more delicate and you know more fluid type of thing? So, um, yeah, I, I thought the combat was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's cool. That's cool storytelling through obviously physicality from an actor. I like that. Um, how do you feel about the action set pieces, Fitzy? Did did the final battle get you get you going a little bit? The final battle, uh was good, yeah, but like, I don't know, I've seen, th- there's nothing interesting or new about these sword fights in this movie, I think, I mean, I've seen this a billion times, and I mean, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, the, re- the rest of the action set pieces were just fine for me, but I mean, like, my main problem with the movie is like, it's just, a, it feels like a bunch of, like, tropes strung together like you know the master and the guy coming to understand each other and the the one rival guy and you know the wife who starting to become interested in him and like i don't know right yeah i, I didn't like the romance angle too much i think that's one of my i mean it feels weird you know like tom cruise kills that chick's husband and then six months later she you know they're falling for each other like, yeah, no. i don't entirely yeah i don't entirely disagree with you um it definitely wasn't one of my favorite parts of the movie, but I do like the element of Taka going to Katsumoto and saying that she doesn't like Tom Cruise there and he wants him to piss off. Um, and then, yeah, I, obviously them falling for each other in the end is okay, pretty tropey. But none, nonetheless, though, I, I do like in the way that that specific moment does kind of challenge samurai culture. You know, that is just uh, obviously Katsumoto comes at it from the angle of, nah, man, he had a, he had a, um, he had a cool death. It was totally fine. Tom Cruise is G with us. But the fact that that still bothered her anyway, despite her culture kind of insisting that it shouldn't, um, that was kind of a cool little detail. Like, But I do generally agree, yeah, where it left off was like, okay, cool, we, got, we get this, you know, we've seen this before. We, I was but, disappointed that Tom yeah. Cruise lived through the film. I wanted him to, like, it, yeah, it did, it did allow for that last moment of, you know, tell me, I'll tell you how he lives. Like, yeah, that's cool. But had that moment not occurred, mm. uh, obviously I wouldn't have cared about it. Like, I would have rather he died on the battlefield with the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on that. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, maybe, I think I liked it. I was totally convinced he was going to die. I was totally convinced um, by the end. So maybe the fact he didn't just kind of surprised me and therefore I liked it a bit more. But no, but from a story perspective, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't disagree with that. But I thought he was going to die for sure, so I'm su- I was surprised he wasn't. It didn't. Yeah, and like I was surprised by it, but it wasn't. It wasn't a good surprise, you know. It was like a oh, that's Hollywood doing their Hollywood thing again, mm. keeping the main character alive type of surprise. When, you know when they should have died. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that would have stood out more to me if everyone else had also survived. But I think because like if it was a situation where Tom Cruise sacrificed himself for everyone else to live, you know that's. That's something I would have been fine, but I, if we're kind of weighing up the two things, I prefer what we got. 
you know, like this entire culture was kind of wiped out. All the warriors were wiped out, but you know, Tom Cruise is okay and he can go on and start a new life. And you know, it kind of lives on through him. I don't know. That's kind of, it's, it's cool shit. I like it. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. I mean, like everyone else was wiped out apart from him, you know, like that's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get you. We haven't talked about the Hans Zimmer score yet somehow, but it was good. It was real good. Did he perform any of this live? I don't think he did, did he? Um, no. No, no he didn't. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I don't know. The score, uh, it was just fine for me, I guess. I don't remember any of the music or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, no, the, the music in the uh, the, the final uh, climactic moments definitely uh, was noticeable to me. Yeah, for sure. It was just like the, the, the way that, you know, they he, you know the incorporation of like, obviously when you're setting your film in Japan, you're going to involve like, you know, some of their instruments and some of, you know, the more Eastern type of sounds and stuff. So like, I think it incorporated well into the scores, you know, I think he did a good job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we're not fanboying. I think, yeah, no. <laughs> I think it was really good. Um, I think the movie's really pretty as well. Like they, they shot a lot of the movie in New Zealand and, um, stunning landscapes um and again you know certainly not original shit but nonetheless like my thing is uh, like i've said earlier i don't care if shit's been done before as long as it's engaging to me and and still brings something to me nonetheless and i mean i i just dig the the all the silhouette shots so much i'm like this shit's dope there's a reason that people keep doing this shit and that's because it's dope but you say you sound very disgruntled very disgruntled i feel like is there I don't know. Is there something else? Is there something else that that you can add? I don't know. Like the cinematography as well for me was just like not creative. I was just it was fine. I mean, this movie didn't seem like it had a heart or like energy or like vision or something. Like it just felt like a like taking an interesting culture and concept and making it into a generic Hollywood film with all these tropes and stuff. And I mean. I mean, I didn't even care if it was engaging, but it just it just wasn't for me. Like, it was just... Yeah. It was just painful for me. It was painful. painful. Wow. It's a strong adjective. Yeah, this is yeah, painful, yeah. but X-Men Origins Wolverine isn't. Huh. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a masterpiece, so you can't really... Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. It's not, not comparable, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I mean, in some way, like... Yo, I hate to bring up Star Wars, I'm really sorry. But it comes down to, uh, I think, this is a common thing in film criticism, I think, amongst different people, and it wildly differs. One of the main conversations is, um, does originality, you know, how much does it add for you? And that's something that differs wildly from person to person. And um, obviously The Force Awakens is the main topic of that, um, and probably, you know, still is and probably will be for many years to come amongst different people but for me personally i really don't care um i'll take good shit if it's good and that's really all that matters to me personally um and that's not to you know discredit any criticisms if anyone you know if you you dislike aspects of the movie or anything like that but nonetheless like um yeah yeah i guess i don't value originality as much as i think a lot of other people do you know i think in this day and age it's hard to i mean like everything's been done and everything is a remake of a remake in spite of something and I mean, like, even if you do yeah. have like original concepts, there's there, there'll be like ideas taken from bits and pieces of film throughout history. 
whether like you know the filmmakers realize it or not whether they are in whether they are following a similar story but you know it's just when you have such a you know when you have so many films made it's really hard to avoid that so like i, th- I think Definitely. i'm leaning more with you yeah. in terms of like it's nice to see him to see a new film and innovation in the story and stuff like that but i understand it's hard to do so in the modern day so it, it's not too much of a bother i i yeah i I completely agree with what you just said, but at the same time, I also fully understand what I assume is Fitzy's perspective and the perspective of other people where I also don't know if I can, I get why people wouldn't really want to accept that as an, and see it as a bit of an excuse, you know? Um, so I get that too at the same time. Yeah. I think there's levels to it. I mean, I think in, in a film like this, you know, it does, it, it, you know, you can draw a lot more comparisons to other films. So I think, I think, you know, I think, there are, there are exceptions like you know where you know some films are you know like they do follow like you know the same structure and story you know to like a T so I mean you know mm. um well I don't I don't know if I care about the actual the originality of the story but I mean like they just like it didn't feel like there was a director behind this it just felt like I mean it could have been any generic Hollywood director, you know. I mean, if it was done in an interesting style, um, maybe I would have liked it more. Maybe if it was done in a more, I don't know, you know, non-Western-centric like style, which is really ironic because it's about this, you know, this is samurai culture. Um, maybe I would have uh, enjoyed it more, but I mean, I mean, I'm not coming from a place of like, you know, film criticism or professionalism when I say uh, it, it wasn't original, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just my brain, you know, coming from the fact that I was just bored by it. And, I mean, that's probably because it wasn't, like, it didn't offer much, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about, like, Edward Zwick's other films where you can kind of take any director and chuck him in. Um, like, Blood Diamond is, like, kind of a key to that, because, like, Blood Diamond is, like, a pretty decent film, but ultimately doesn't seem to have, like, its own style. Um, I did feel it a bit with this film as well, so I, I do understand what you're saying there. I mean, as, you know, as, well, I guess, non-interesting as we called that uh, the Westworld episode, I thought that was much more stylishly, like, well done. Like, you know, you had the, um, I don't know, you just had, like, the it was much more aesthetically fitting for the culture. And you, you had the, like, the cover of Painted oh. Black. It just, it just seemed like that just, like, engaged me way more. And, um, I mean, even the color palette in this, I mean, I don't think the color palette or, like, cinematography is all that unique in this either, but... Yeah, I, I was very much talking about, in originality, um, the story, but also the style as well. I mean... Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think this movie has a very distinct style, but um, I do want to make it clear that in what I was saying, I was very much kind of throwing that in the same uh, under the same umbrella, uh, where a film not having a distinct style or aesthetic vision doesn't bother me by itself as well. But um, but you know, I, you're absolutely right. It doesn't really, and um, I can see that why that would bother you as well. Anyway, I've got two trivia left. Let's do it. 
Tom Cruise spent almost two years in preparation for this movie, including swordplay instructions and Japanese language lessons. Tom Cruise always committed to his craft. Is he going to spend 10 years learning how to become an astronaut? The reason he's so committed is because like, he doesn't have to change his character from film to film, and he, can only, he only has to learn a handful right. of new skills, you know? Because as we've discussed, he mm. does play the same character in every film. <laughs> it's like um, where Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, spends his preparation time on understanding the character, Tom Cruise, like, you know, I'll He's do that down path. that's yeah. fine, I just need yeah. to, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I need to learn how to do the actual skills. Understanding Ethan Hunt, now, nah, I'll learn how to fly a helicopter. Not going not gonna to lie, not going to lie. I mean, I, th- I think they th- those two things, they're both just as entertaining to me as each other. Awesome. What, flying well, helicopters? Being or? Uh, Daniel Day Lewis is oh. preparing for acting and Tom Cruise learning how to fly a helicopter. Oh, uh, what did you guys uh, feel about the length? Oh yeah, good one. Um, it's it's a long movie, but it, you know it worked for me totally. I've, most of the runtime is spent, I think, off the top of my head anyway, um, with Tom Cruise just getting to know these samurai dudes, and that's I don't know. On paper, that might sound it goes too long, but it, I don't know. I feel like watching it, it was fine. Um, it was engaging enough for me. It didn't bother me at all. So, no, I thought it was paced quite well. I had a, in terms of length, I had a similar feeling with um, to how I felt about, like, how I felt about other films of, like, this length. It's, like, it's long, and, it's, like, it feels too long to me sometimes, but, like, I was never bored by it. I mean, that's obviously contrary to what you how you feel, Vitz, because right. you said you were bored by it. But, like, you know, I was never bored. No, ne- yeah, neither was I. I guess you did. <laughs> I guess you did think it was long. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But so, where do like, you think the pacing faltered for you? Where would you have? Um, yeah. Oh no! I mean, it was. I mean, the length was just a problem because you know, I don't think I was. It didn't grab me in the first place. I think so. I mean, it was kind of irrelevant, but. Um, Oh, okay, okay. I mean, what did you... I don't know, like, I feel like you guys have said some stuff, but, like, just as a whole, what what did you... What did you get to engage, or...? Just see, seeing more of the samurai culture. Like I said, it just... It really interests me personally. I love... I love Tom Cruise's character in the movie. I've, I've said that, but um, seeing him develop was definitely... Uh, kept me engaged, especially... I, I do like the scene early on, and... You know, he's talking to the other Japanese generals. He's like, these soldiers aren't ready. And uh, and seeing them kind of fumble around and he does the demonstration where he get, he wants the other dude to shoot him. Like, character moments like that I do really enjoy. And when he has to, all the other soldiers run away and he has to fight the other samurai by himself and gets knocked out. And I think there are consistent moments like that throughout the movie that kept me engaged as he kind of develops. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I do think the movie's really pretty. Not necessarily a, a unique visual style per se, like you mentioned, Fitzy, but nonetheless, gorgeous shots, really enjoyed the scenery, enjoyed the action, enjoyed the ending. Yeah, I feel like I rattled them off pretty good there. I mean, when I, when I said cinematography, I mean, I don't think... I was also talking about, I mean, I, I think there's a kind of a lack of just good shots anyway, but... I, I disagree okay. with that. I think I think uh, yeah. 1870 Japan is fucking gorgeous and like you don't have to do too much to make it pretty, I mean. No. I think they did a good job of dressing up the New Zealand scenery to make it look Japanese, and I think this, well, you know, I think they did, did a good job of like constructing the sets that they did, and obviously some of it was filmed in Japan as well. I think, I think you know, 
when you kind of have those, I think, you know, it's a good to look at. Definitely. Yeah. Shot that stuck out to me was uh, Katsumoto's last POV shot looking at the Blossom. That was really nice. There's a dialogue there too. I, I love the uh, the first shot of Yokohama. I mean, it's, that's gorgeous, man. Oh, of what? Of Yokohama, the first like when 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 he's when when they're traveling across and you know it's the first place he sees. Oh yes, yes. My apologies, I didn't realize that's where they were. Yeah, yeah. That no, that was really cool. That that the set design there was really good too. That whole that whole location was quite well realized. I thought. Do you mean like the bay and like the city kind of place? Yeah. All right. Cool beans. Out of ten, Fitzy, the last, uh, the last samurai. <laughs> oh, he used to, yes. Um, uh, tossing between some pretty low scores here. Um, tossing up. Um, I don't know. What would you guys give it? Um, it's an eight for me, definitely. I think it's a great movie. I think it's got issues, um, that prevent it from being an amazing movie, or you know one of the best movies I've ever seen or anything like that. But nonetheless, it's um, a movie I very much enjoy, the movie I could very much see myself watching again. Um, yeah, definitely. How about you, Jan? No, I agree with an eight. Um, I disagree with the fact about watching it again. I think it'd, it'd be a fair few years before I watch it again, um, if I was to. Right. But, um, you know, I thought it was really great. I, I think the first 20 minutes I wasn't too – I didn't love it too much, and I thought, like, the way it was going, I was, I was expecting it pretty – you know, average film, but you know, after that, it kind it kind of subverted all my expectations, and I was pretty happy. Expectations in terms of the film, not in terms of the story. Yes. Um. Pull the bayonet off, is he? Um. Four. 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 Okay. Four out of five. It's just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just boring for me. Um. I don't know. My brain wasn't engaged. Very good. Charlie Scanlon disliked that. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> You'll still be my friend at least, Charlie. Okay. Let's do news chat, I guess. That felt like a bit of a somber transition there. Thanks, Vitti. You, you brought us all down. How dare you dislike it? I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, just today, actually, WB has pushed the tenant release date after... Many weeks of deliberation and uh, uh, speculation on this here podcast. It has actually happened, but they've only, surprisingly to me anyway, to my dumbass, they only pushed it two weeks. It's now coming out July 31st instead of July 17th. And I mean, this to me at the very least would indicate that there's no chance it moves again. If they, you know, made the conscious decision to push the date, they could have very well pushed it to literally any date they wanted. They could have chosen anything. And the fact that they only chose two weeks later means that they're confident that that's it. Um, so that makes me happy. Um, but then in place of the July 17th original release date, they will be apparently, that is WB, um, re-releasing Inception in theatres, at least in the US. I haven't got a confirmation for us yet, hopefully, though. Um, so that's exciting as well. We've got two Nolan theatrical releases inbound. Does this... Do anything for you, Jaden? Um, nah, you know, I mean, it's expected. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all calm, you know. I'm so glad this was it, though. I, when I saw the headline, I was like, oh, Lord. And then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> but that makes me worried that it's going to get delayed again. I'd rather they delay it a bit and just 
leave it like that rather than delay it two weeks con- continuously, you know? So, I mean, like... Oh, for sure. But they know they know that, though. Like, yeah. uh, they, like I said, I don't think they would ever have chosen this date unless they were 99% confident, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, therefore, like, you know, if they are that confident and they actually are going to release from that date, you know, good on them. But, um, you know, I really hope it doesn't become a case of just push back, push back, push back, push back in the hope of just trying to release it as That quickly, would be embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fitzy, you got anything to add? Well, um, I don't know if it because it's uh if it improves the chances of coming out, I guess. I don't know if it would do that, but yeah. Okay. Another another bit of ten news, I guess. Hopefully, the last bit. If our uh, if the stars align. Uh, I had also here quickly tying in with that sort of AMC theaters, big theater chain in America, um, uh, uh, going to be reopening in July, and uh, the California. I don't know how. I got no idea how American politics work in terms of the names of actual. The do you say the California government? Is that like correct terminology? I don't know the, yeah, the state of California. I'll say that. Yeah, um, the, they've given the clearance for theaters to legally be able to reopen on June 12th, which is today um, in America, so good for them. Um, anyway, let's get on to way more exciting news, and that is Lionel Richie biopic. Jaden, this is what we've all been waiting for, another biopic. Um, yeah, what I'm really excited about, what, what, what made me really excited about this, this news was hearing that Lionel Richie pitched his own life to Disney. Um, you know, and just to have that, to have such confidence in, you know, your own life story, you know, to pitch as a film, I mean, like, you know, that's big dick energy. And I mean, like, good on Lionel. Um, <laughs> it really is. That's the best way to put it. Uh, the film's going to be called All Night Long, if everything goes to plan. Well, that, that's current working title. Um, I think it's a pretty decent title, so they'll probably stick with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just another musical biopic that's going to follow his life. I mean, obviously, he's doing this now because of the popularity of, um, you know, like of that genre recently with Bohemian Rhapsody and, and uh, Rocket Man. So he's looking at getting a bit of cash from it, yes. but, you know. Understandable. And, I mean, we were talking about it last night. I mean, like, we only really know two, two of his songs. And, I mean, uh, we know nothing about his life. So maybe his life's pretty interesting. <laughs> maybe it's not. I mean, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine it as like a Disney Plus straight, you know, straight to Disney Plus exclusive. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess my thing is like, can you see this thing having a Disney logo on it? You know, that sounds that just doesn't sit well in my brain. Would they do some shit where they publish it under 20th Century Fox? Yeah. Who did um? Was Universal Rocket Man? That I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, has 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 yeah, has Richie com- co- collabed with Disney before on like a soundtrack or something that, that he went to them first, or do you know? Mm, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really know enough about him to really say anything more. You know, I just think it's interesting. No, neither do I. Yes, I'm with you. I think it's funny when you brought it up. Uh, Fitzy's number one Lionel Richie fan here. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm pretty happy to be honest. Um, get to see another generic uh, biopic, so. Yeah, another oh. one. Have you seen the other two? Have you seen those other two? Um, which 
Oh no, I, was, I just what, didn't mean that those two. I just meant like um, I don't know, I'm not a fan of biopics in general, I guess. But um, sure. I was thinking that whole, the Artemis Fair when you said VOD that Artemis Fair came uh, this week and uh. Oh, that's right. That's right. To Disney. Yeah. Did you guys read the Artemis Fair novels? As a kid. God no, never. I had never heard of them when I saw no. that, that movie existed. I was like, that's a weird title. Yeah. I think I read one of the books. Um, remember, remember, like nothing about it, but you know. Right. I'm not surprised that like, like I'm surprised it took this long to be adapted. I mean, it kind of feels like the wave of like young young adult novel like adaptation is kind of past. I feel like you know that should have been happening back when like you know the Percy Jacksons and your Hunger Games and Divergence were being made. It feels a bit late on the train, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not even gonna lie, half tempted to give it a watch. Mm. I just saw it. Well, it's got a, another Sorry. great record so far. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm kind of just curious about three point six on IMDb. Oh, Ooh. nice! Holy <laughs> shit, dude! We got to do an episode on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We'll do a double feature next week. Oh Jesus! Kubrick and Artemis Fowl. <laughs> What a combo. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Jane, were you going to add something? Sorry. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, Fitzy mentioned it. I was going to say, I've seen pretty bad, bad reviews so far, and, you know, Fitzy kind of covered it. Right. Right, right. Oh, God. Josh Gad, <laughs> apparently. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, 3.6 on IMDb, that's a crazy low school. Um, uh, Josh Gad's in the film, and... um. Apparently he's discriminated against because he's a tall dwarf, a tall dwarf, and he narrates shit. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you sold me. To be honest, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yep. Yeah, this. Yep. Yeah, okay. This show exists. Uh, what we've been watching recently. Then we um, get into audience submitted uh, stuff first, or or am I just like no? That's always, that's always last, mate. Is it? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Um, boys. Boys. Yeah. Wow. It's all right. We're all having mini strokes here today. That's fine. Um. Uh, Fitzy, do you want to kick us off? I watched a ton of stuff. So we got to think. Um, Ooh, nice. Uh, watched the two first two Scream movies. Um. Horror movies, uh, and um, they were really great. Um, they they like kind of yeah, they have a like ton of personality, and they're like um, they you've seen Scream, right, Jaden? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love Scream. Yeah, they're like um, they like dismantle horror tropes while kind of using those horror tropes, but they're still like scary in the film. They still have. They still hold suspense in the film, and um, yeah, they just have a ton of character, and uh, they're both they're both kind of mysteries. Um, and um, I, th- I think they they do it really well because they kind of uh, they leave everyone you know open for the suspect, but they don't. Um, it's kind of. Is it's that whole thing like it's obvious when uh it happens when you when you when the reveal but like you you can't tell uh 
who they are and um uh beforehand. There's no uh it could be anyone, but no yeah, they were good. Um yeah, I don't know what it is. They just they have a ton of personality and uh I really like them. Um and what else? I saw um I'll just talk about one more. Um I also saw Memento this week. Um and I thought I I thought I knew what the uh like big spoiler reveal was, but I didn't really. I mean technically I did, but it wasn't like it wasn't that it yeah, it wasn't it, it was the it was a spoiler, but not in the way that I thought it would be kind of so I thought I was just watching it and like I wouldn't be surprised by the end, but but it was any anyway. But um, I love how like the you know the um the form of the film and the texture of the film is you know about the character himself. Like how you've got you know you go backwards backwards in time, like and uh, in in short bursts, just like his memory and like um how you got the whole black and the black and white and then the color. It's kind of like I don't know, it just takes you into the the character's mind so well, I guess. And um it's such a like meticulously um well told crafted story when you really like it, it it's told in such a confusing uh manner, but I mean when you really piece it all together it's um you know, it makes a lot of sense and it's quite brilliant. And um and um yeah it's nolan uh is one of nolan's most like character driven works uh as opposed to his kind of like um big epic scale and big epic uh theme type movies so i really love oh. that about it and uh i mean yeah i love the ending as well so that was i think it's my favorite um, Nolan, to be honest. Uh, really? Wow. So yeah, Have you was... seen Nolan draw a timeline for the film? It's fucked, mate. It's so no, fucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, has, he has, like, if I remember correctly, like, he draws, like, two, like, parallel lines, but then you've got, like, a bunch of intersecting lines between there, and then, like, there's a circle, and it's, I mean, like, it's, it's munted there. <laughs> there's a rhombus in there, like. Yeah. Don't yeah. even want to imagine. There's um just a little trivia with uh Memento. On one of the DVD editions, you can solve a puzzle in like the in the disc menu, and then it plays the film chronologically. No um, way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I, I just love how um like fucked up it is. Really, mm. I mean. It's really, uh, it's really about a ton of things. Um, you know, abusing the uh, mentally ill and how our society doesn't. You know, um, I don't know, count for that at all. I don't know. Um, but also like, uh, you know, revenge purpose. Uh, I don't know, just a ton of things. But yeah, I really love that. Um, and then, uh, some rewatches, and I also saw, 
rear window, which I thought was good. But, um, yeah, I don't know, I thought, I don't know, it was good, but it didn't. Because you've seen rear window, right, Jaden? Yeah, I fucking love rear window. I know you love that, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it was good for me. It wasn't, like, amazing, but, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah, I got nothing except black sails. Got two episodes to go, man. I don't want this shit to end. I really don't. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever seen, and God, just yeah, it's awesome. I couldn't recommend it enough to everyone. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know how it ends next week. I guess it's gonna be a sad day. That's literally it for me, though. So how about uh, how about you, Jen? Um, well, I'll get to the big stuff in a second, but uh, I watched Evil Dead too. Um, which is Sam Raimi directed it. Um, it made me realize that it's not just the Sam Raimi Spider-Man I don't like. I just don't like his directing style that much at all. Because like now I've seen yeah. the two, the first two Evil Dead's, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's, and Drag Me to Hell. And I mean, they're all decent, but none of them. The the best one is the first Evil Dead, which I gave a seven, but the rest of them are all just float between fives and sixes. Um. I still need to watch Army of Darkness and see how that compares, though. So I guess we'll see um, with that. Um, I watched a BBC miniseries called The Secret of Crickley Hall. Um, I don't know. That was pretty average as well. Um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, like, it was kind of horror, cut and mercy drama type of thing. It was pretty poor, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It kept me watching, I guess, so I can't really call it poor. Um... But the big stuff for the week was uh, I watched the first four Mission Impossible. Um, I was going to watch more, but then I couldn't find five on Netflix or Stan, so I was a bit disappointed. But uh, yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah. I was um, a bit disappointed in Gross, in, in Gross Protocol like because like I'd always heard good things about it, and then when I watched it, it was kind of like, yeah. But um, you yeah, know, nah. <laughs> definitely the best. Um. If not, if like purely just shit on Brad Bird, bro. Yeah, actually, I, I, like, yeah, that that I, when when I saw Brad Bird in the in the in the um, credits, I was I was, I, I, yeah, I remembered like that's like is that he's only directed two live action films, is that right? Yeah, that that's his live action debut, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so like and like when I've heard you know his like live action films like talked about, I've always heard that Girls Protocol was like the better one. So when I watched it, I was like, uh, I mean, Brad. And, you know, Incredibles. Yeah. I mean, like that's what the Incredibles pretty much are. Just you know, superhero stuff, but like, like it's Mission Impossible with powers. I mean, let's be honest. Huh? That's an interesting take. I, I don't. Yeah. Huh. I guess it kind of is, isn't it? That's um, why. That's why it's so good. Yeah. So <laughs> we get my ranking of the series, which is very important to everyone. Um, Absolutely. Two, four, one, three. Uh, that's going from worst to best. Go, yeah, I was very confused for a second. Yes. <laughs> okay, wow. that's fine. That's what. I was very confused. That's fine. Putting two last, it's just. Yeah, no, I don't know what to say, mate. Uh, yeah, uh, number two last. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's all right. I mean, like, it has redeeming features, but like, it's really. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I hate the way that. I hate the Aussie character in it so much. I mean, you know, he, he, 
I, 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 I didn't like him. Um, maybe it's like a X-Men Wolverine, you know, Transformers thing. I don't know, but I like, it's just the most, it feels like the most action heavy bonkers type one. And there's yeah. just like, I saw you put it on your a bunch of, all oh, right. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're in Australia and you got this, this poison thing, which is kind of cool. You don't kind of see that in other ones. And I don't know, you got the motorcycle chase. Um, you got just some cool shit, you know. Um, uh, okay, okay. Right. Second, the, the plot yeah. of the second one is the most straightforward and generic. In like the fact that, you know, um, bad agent steals chemical plans to destroy, you know, world with it and then sell the cure for money. You know, like, like that's... Oh, yeah. That was, that was kind of a bit... What was... Um, but what was the uh, part of the first one? Again. The knock list, baby. The what? The list of like knock list and like and like all their secret identities and stuff. All right. Well, yeah, but I feel like that's like a ton of spy movies, whereas the poison thing is like kind of different. Nah, mate. I mean, it's not. It's not that yeah, different. No. But no, I feel yeah. like chemical weapon and like you know, like mass mass destruction. I feel like that's pretty. The fact that she's poisoned, though, I feel like that's the cool part. Like, she's trying to save her. Shit. Not gonna lie, though, Chimera is a badass name for a MacGuffin. Oh, yeah. Is that not... That's killer. Killer. I'll I'll have to watch it again, so I give a full defense, but, um... For now, I'll just just say it's um, the second best one after Fallout. The introduction of, like, the Indian's character wasn't awkward. Very awkward. Oh, dude. Dude. I mean, like, like the way the, the scene's shot, and I mean, like, like it's just like the entire time is just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. The movie's shot awfully. It's shot awfully. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Yeah, but it's shot uh, differently. No, no, no. Um, yes. But, um, so, you know, I would love to do a solo episode with just you defending the movie. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'd do it. So I get to do one for Wolverine as well. Makes sense. Absolutely, dude. Any week I get off, please jump at the chance. I'm just going to watch a bunch of, um, you know, movies that people think are bad this week, and I'll try and defend them next week. That's sure, probably my homework. That sounds great. There's no news anyway. I'll dedicate all the time to you doing that. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get another tenant update, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, are the dogs done? The next update we're going to get is that Nolan's going to have to go around people's houses and show private screenings for him to actually be able to show this film. Hmm. That'd be awesome. All right, let's get into the listener-submitted comments for last week's question. Last week we asked you what movie you've seen that has scared the shit out of you the most. Um, uh, A man by the name of Lachlan wrote into us and said... Oh, I first asked if this was a judge-free space, and uh, of course I replied yes, and of course I was lying. And he said, okay, it was the Scorch Trials 100%, which is, of course, the, the Maze Runner sequel. I think it still is, actually. Um, I, I don't know anything about this movie. I think uh, there's a little finger in it, I think. Uh, guys, how scary? Is this movie scary? No. Give me some insight. No, it's not. Scorch Trials. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it's lucky we're doing about here, you know. The, um, um, the reason he's scared of it is because there's uh, one scene with um, some zombies and shit. And, like, you know, they call them yeah. cranks in the film, and, like, they're kind of. They're zombies, but they're a bit more crazy, you know? Sure. And, um, yeah, that scared the shit out of them, so. Alright, fair enough. Thank you very much for writing in, Mr. Lachlan. Paul wrote into us and said, Jaws, a movie based entirely on fear. People still talk of sharks at beaches and still make the. Da-dum. I did every single one there, Paul. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Sound to scare each other at the beach. I was 10 when it was released, and it still gives me shivers. Universal Studios still have the Jaws Adventure ride 45 years after this film was released. Wow. God, that's a long time. It's a long time. I would not want to ride that ride, though. That Yeah. I'm not a fan of rides. I'd probably be very scared on that one. I think... um. That's a really solid pick. I mean, it is, it, like, it is the film that scared a generation. And I mean, you know, I mean, like watching today, it's, 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 you know, it's, I think it's hard for our generation to be scared by it just because, you know, the way we've come and, you know, since like that, you know, you know, like the way we've evolved with the way cinema has evolved since that point. But I mean, at the yeah. time, yeah, I mean, it was the first blockbuster and like it was, a, it was, you know, a really scary one at, you know, for that. So. Absolutely, absolutely. What um, uh, what ride was that? Paul's one. Ride? Oh, the, the, apparently uh, there's the Jaws Adventure Ride at Universal Studios. Is what he said. Oh yeah, I think I've been on that. Um, oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, but what do yeah? They they showed. I think they showed the real um thing that they used for it. The real shark. Yeah, it's like they had it like. Um, Still alive? What? Yeah, he's um. But yeah, they had it. They had it like uh, do this thing where it almost like hits a thing, and yeah, it was good. Was part of it filmed in Adelaide? Am I crazy? Got no idea. That would be an awesome fact if that were true. That'd be great. Okay. Well, you do that, I'll read that. Henry wrote in and said, It's definitely not my favourite horror movie by any stretch of the imagination, but It, 2017, scared the shit out of me when I watched it in the cinema at midnight. I took it... it oh, excuse me. It took me till uh, 4am at least to get to sleep that night. Jeez. Seeing it at midnight, God. I guess you went to the midnight premiere then, Henry? Jesus. Wow. Hardcore It fan. I mean, as someone who doesn't really watch horror movies myself, I mean, that that movie had some creepy moments for me. It didn't, like, scare me per se, but, like, definitely some of those, like, moments with the clan and, you know, as a stroke on screen, some of the jump scares. I mean, I fall for that shit. Absolutely. Yeah, according, to, yeah, according yeah. to Wikipedia, it was a uh, shot there. So, wow. Good on Adelaide. Absolutely. Good for the 70 people that lived in Adelaide back in 1783 when Jaws released. Um... And finally, Luke wrote in and said, Coraline has no business being as creepy as it is. I've only seen it once, and it doesn't sit right with me. Luke, that is my answer. You are so right. Coraline has terrified me for many a year, and I never want to see it again. I never understood the fear behind Coraline. What, I, I couldn't what, hear what how old I was, but it left an impression on me for sure. Um, justification. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know what it's about, to be perfectly honest. I just remember seeing it once when I was like, I don't know, like a pip squeak, and wow, it was scary. It's creepy. I feel like I feel like it's partly privy because you got well. It's about like the uh, like the whole button world thing. Like they got the mother 
and then the regular mother, and then like the bunt mother. And it's like weird seeing that, you know, it's like recognizable, but also like oh, that's a right. button creature. So it's kind of interesting that way, creepy that way. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's shot in a really creepy way. Like, there's this, that scene with all uh, just a white background, and then you just got like huge black spider webs that the mother uh, button creature is like on. What's your answer for this, Fitzy? Um, The Conjuring 2, I think. Um, it was just the first horror movie I saw uh, in theaters, and um, I think I think it was based on a true story. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, there's there's this one scene with this um, have you have you seen it, Jaden? Conjuring two. There's this one scene that scared the shit out of me, um, <laughs> with this involving a tent, and oh, yeah. um, <laughs> there's, I think that's like one of the best uh, jump scares ever, like that I've seen at least, because um, it's just oh, I don't know, it's so unexpected, but um, yeah, I don't know, it's just a pretty, I mean, it's directed by Juan, isn't James Wan or something? Um, yeah, from Oregon. Oh, yeah. Pun? Shout from Melbourne. Yeah, but um, pretty. I don't know. Uh, uh pretty class. Well, it's not a classic, but you know, um, respected, I guess, horror movie. But it's just creepy as hell, scary yeah. as hell. The Conjuring films are kind of like they're they're kind of well regarded because like they they kind of like the pinnacle of modern mainstream horror because they are scary. Yeah, they do tell a good story. story so yeah. Yeah, and um, also the fact that it's like the true story of the two, the ghost, ghost hunters, kind of adds that extra element. Yeah. Was um The Exorcist, was that based on a true story? Um, I can't recall. I feel like The Exorcist is like the most evil film I've ever watched. You know, like you can just feel... The evil in that film. It's scary in that way. But, um, yeah, Conjuring 2, Atlanta. And also, uh, Cat in the Hat, because that's just scary as. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah. What about you, Jane? Um, uh, my, the serious film I've seen, well, it, what made this film scary wasn't the fact that I've seen it. I mean, well, I have seen it, but like when um, what made it so scary for me was that when I was there, um, well, the the film's called The Orphanage. It's a two thousand seven Spanish film. Um, but when I was younger, like I remember seeing a commercial for it on SBS. Um, it was late at night. I can't remember. I think like it, like they played the commercial during like I think they were showing Mary and Max, um, which is a great film by the way. Have you guys seen it? Definitely not. No, it's an animated film about this this uh, Australian girl and her pen pal in um across the world. It's really 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 great. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but they they showed it like in between the commercials for that, and um, it was only in, like that you know that twenty second commercial for for the film, and this really really creepy shot of this kid with like a sack over his head with like a potato sack over his head, and he's like standing in the doorway, and like that terrified me. Like, like I could not sleep 
I mean, like, like I was nine or so at the time, but like that, like, so I like, you know, I mean, pretty much everything's given me at that point. Like that image stayed with me, like, you know, for years until I actually watched the film, you know, eight years down the track or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that proper scared me. Wow. Wow. God, that sound, that sounds like it would disturb me. Those kind of, yeah, those kind of, that, that kind of creepy imagery with just like, people standing in silhouettes and doorways and shit. Yeah, nah, yeah. no, no good. It's a great film. Um, and like when you watch it, you, you'll see it, 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 it's more like drama than it is horror, really. But, um, right. Yeah, like, it's like the way it was marketed in like that commercial, like, I mean, like, that, that just stuck with me. Okay. We've made it to the end of this week's Cinema Effect episode. Thank you. Uh, th- thank, thank, wow, thank everyone. We appreciate you, as always. We thank you. That's what I was trying to say. You didn't, tuning in. You didn't read out the bot's comment. Oh. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, read, read didn't really write in. You know what I mean? He didn't really write in with anything. But... Yeah, but last week you did tell him that, you know, you'll read out anything. So. Mm, it's true. All right, Mr. Bot, I don't want to be friends with you. Anyway, uh, it's, look, I don't mind sounding like a complete spaz at the end of the show because anyone who's made it this far, like, you know, you deserve a medal. So you really don't care, obviously, about any kind of quality content. Anyway, um, what are we watching next week, Fitzy, and where can we watch it? Because I swear to God, I honestly cannot remember where I'm meant to watch this. It will be helpful. Um, we're watching Eyes Wide Shut, by, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring... Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Um, and it's on Foxtel Go. Or if you don't have Foxtel Go, uh, YouTube or Google Play. So, same, same thing, but yeah. That's where you can get it. See it. Watch it. Yes. Yes. Very good. Okay. I'm glad I know that now. I'll actually be able to watch it. Tom Cruise again. Look at us go. All right. Jaden and Fitzy, thanks a lot for joining me, as always. Thank, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, just like a deep sigh, like, oh, should I should have to say thanks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I've been silent, like, for, like, the past two, ep- two or so episodes where you say goodbye, and I'm just, like, I just sit there, so I think I'm going to try and commit to that, so. But I feel like, mm, my thing with this is, is that I feel like, if Fitzy just says something and you don't, that's weird. So, like, I get if you both want to commit to saying nothing, but at the same time, then the last we hear from you at all, Jane, is, like, your answer. You know, it feels a bit disconnected. Am I insane um, about this? No, that, that, uh, that's definitely what I'm going for. I, I want the, I want, I want right. the viewer to be left with this disconnected feeling, so, yeah. You want them leaving more of you. I get mm, that. Yeah. I get that. All right. Everyone. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Watch the movie or we'll kill you and goodbye. Yeah.